Welcome to the Edition Wars podcast, where we take a deep dive into the mechanics and play styles of all of the editions of our favorite game. We look at what worked, what didn't work, what led to better games, as well as what, well, what gets put into a playtest. Yes, that's right, my friends. This episode, we are discussing the Unearthed Arcana September 2022 playtest packet, which covers three classes. Three, right? Three classes. Three classes. And I am, of course, I'm here with my my expert friend. He 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 is himself an expert class all on his own. <laughs> Mr. Brandis Stoddard. How are you tonight, sir? I'm well, Sam. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Not as expert as you are. What do you I... think about this thing? <laughs> oh boy. Uh I am replete with opinions. Let's <laughs> let's start there. Um so so, so as we saw in the character origins document of August, right? They're they're willing to go pretty far afield and try some kind of wild new stuff, and some of the stuff that we saw there has been not exactly rolled back. They're just not testing it this time around, so that's kind of weird. Some of it they're going forward with that they hinted at in, in August, so. It's a it's a real spread of things with, that we've got going on here, um, and and so um, I kind of wanted to want to go clean through with it. There's only one really uh, big set of things to see on the very first page, and that is the sidebar: uh, what's ahead in the one D and D playtest. Um, so. This packet has only three classes and one subclass each. Uh, we're going to wind up with 48 subclasses in the player's handbook. And I think there's every reason to believe that uh, that's 48 divided evenly among 12. And I'm just going to casually assume that our listeners are at least conversant in the 2014 player's handbook and observe that means some stuff is going to... Uh, fall before Citoyen Guillotine and not make it into the Player's Handbook, uh, since some classes of the Player's Handbook have substantially more than four subclasses, while others have substantially fewer. So mm-hmm. uh, they're evening that out, and I don't know that that's a meaningful value proposition to me, but whatever. And also, I could be wrong. I, I don't actually know. But I, I'm guessing based on, you know, 48 divides really evenly by 12. I um, mean, we we can, yeah, we can conjecture all we want, but it's kind of a nice number to throw out there. And so sure. I think there's no reason to not think that yeah. uh that it's I, that it's gonna I'm be just, even, you know. I, I'm just gonna really miss whichever four wizard traditions and uh cleric domains uh get the knife. Like that they're gonna have to bring them back at some point. The game is not complete without them, but here we are. Right. Um, so, um, the, I'm also really curious about what new weapon options for certain classes means. That's that. That is certainly a phrase. I don't know if it has semantic content for us that we can interpret at this point. Uh, this packet is going to give us a lot of revised feats. Uh, and two revised spells. Then that next bullet, a new system for creating a home base for your characters. That's 
an exciting promise, not something we've seen in um, a DMG in a meaningful way since I, I think in our conversation with Teos, we agreed that chapter six of the 2014 DMG didn't constitute meaningful home-based creation. <laughs> uh, since uh, arguably TUI at the most, the most recent. Um, and, and TUI is pretty thin, even compared to, you know, a, a fairly basic text you could imagine to exist. So so maybe you want to say 1E, like home-based creation has not been a major part of the DMG. So it's it's very intriguing. Um, also, revising counter-building rules is a, a very intriguing promise. Um, and, and we'll see what that winds up meaning. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think I have to go too far afield to say that the uh, 5e 2014 encounter building rules have faced some criticism because people don't think they're accurate enough. Um, <laughs> what, that, what that means is a big open question, but um, we could spend an hour on that. And I think we're going to skip it tonight because we did actually cover that in, you know, the 2021 series in the DMG. So, um, I'm just going to plow into parts of a class. Um, Let's do it. And I don't want to sort of just read the whole document into the record. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, but I do want to explain it to our listeners. Um, so right at the gate, there's this thing called uh, a primary ability, which amounts to um, a class's prime requisite. Uh, but they only have one. It isn't sort of your second ed uh well, you have to have 12 strength and 17 charisma and also nine con and just face it, kid, you're not rolling up this class. Um, it's not that kind of prime requisite. It's just um, they're telling you something that you can't go wrong putting some points into um, and also something you have to have at least a 13 in to multi-class into that class. Um, it's made a little more complicated by the fact that uh, even in this first document, uh, one class gets multiple primary abilities. Uh, and I have quibbles with the primary abilities they choose, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> it makes you wonder if they try, if they're trying to, uh, if so, going back to that uh, even spread idea of classes and subclasses, it makes you wonder if they're going to try an even or mostly even spread of primary abilities. But that's actually a conversation for another day, probably. Um, I'm going to go out on a, a big old limb and say that the odds that we see any class get flipped to an int, an int class to even that out so that wizard isn't alone in the the, the big 12 of the player's handbook, mm -hmm. I say the odds of that are vanishingly small. Um, I, I don't have any insider information here, just that seems really desperately improbable to me. Um, you know, that's fair. When the artificer makes it into this revision, which it eventually will, it will be a second int class, right? But uh, I think that we, I think we're probably still going to have some int-based subclasses. Like, I don't think um, 
the Eldritch Knight or Arcane Trickster are likely to turn to just their physical ability score as their casting stat. That doesn't seem plausible mm-hmm. to me as something they would do. Mm-hmm. They've really, really stuck to no, only in wisdom and charisma are casting stats, guys, for real. I promise. And so I think they're going to stick with that for EKs and ATs. But uh, at the same time, um, I don't know that the system has a concept of your subclass has a different primary ability or an additional primary well, that's, ability. Well, that's what I was going to say next is that kind of flies in the face of, hey, every class has a primary ability and there's only one of them. Oh, but there isn't only one of them, even in this document. Uh, you're going to see that the ranger has two primary abilities just right at the gate. Right. But I, yeah, I, I get it. But like the way it's written is, Hey, here's a primary ability. It's no, a great place you. to put your highest score. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and in their defense, uh, because of some of the changes that are going on in the Ranger, um, the, the sort of, this was just theory craft up till now. Um, wisdom build of Ranger. Is completely valid now, right? Because you don't have to go way around your elbow to get um, shillelagh or thorn whip as cantrips. Mm-hmm. That's just a thing now. Right. So, like, you could absolutely hang a build on wisdom, um, but the ranger's primary abilities are listed as dexterity and wisdom, and the absence of strength is just a strange wrong-headed choice because strength build rangers are great um mm-hmm. i'm basing this on personal experience and they they don't really lack for anything um but we'll get to that when we get to the ranger um so the reason this document is called expert classes is that it's giving us the classes in the expert group um the expert group specifically contains the uh Bard, Ranger, Rogue, and eventually the Artificer. Um, Their description for what unifies these classes is uh, a little unusual. Um, And their choice of the word polymath for them, I find a little... All right. I think they... uh, So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I think that the reason they did that is because uh, other than the fact that there's a lot of different interests and skills and abilities that those three classes can do, there's not necessarily a unifying theme to them other than that. And if you want to cut that down to one word, well, okay, polymath sure. is probably as close as you're going to get. And, and that's fair. Uh, I think that you know, if you have to explain that with more words, good at being good at things mm-hmm. uh, sort of sounds so tortured as to. Right. It's meaningless. Be, be nonsense. It's, yeah, it's meaning it's word salad right at that point. Yeah. Um, but the other class groups uh, are mages, priests and warriors. Uh, Sorcerer, warlock and wizard are mages. Cleric, druid and paladin are priests. It's. it's very interesting to me that ranger and paladin have to get kind of a special permission to buy some warrior stuff but they are experts and uh, uh priests and then warriors are barbarians fighters and monks um i mean 
I don't disagree with you. I understand why Paladin is in the priest group instead of the expert or warrior group. But sure. like, I, it, it's this is very much a callback to second edition. Well, yes and no, right? Paladins were warriors. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, the fact that you've put, you're putting the classes in groups is what I'm saying. I'm not saying the actual groupings, no, but the. Yeah. The actual the fact that there are groups because they right. threw that out with third edition and it didn't really exist in that formulation in right. first edition. Second edition is really the only one where they truly did that as a standard model in the PHB. Well, I mean, just so that we can go ahead and be the edition wars podcast that we are, um, there there's a really specific kind of handling of it in first uh, that I want to make sure our audience knows about. Um, Paladins were originally a, called a subclass of fighter in uh, in first ed, mm-hmm. and, and then as of Ernest Arcana, they they switch to become a subclass mm-hmm. of this new class cavalier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, right? And it's not entirely clear what that even does for them, like what what meaning is communicated in that subclass. Um, because it doesn't control XP gain, um, as we see in the Barbarian. Lord, the Barbarian's right. <laughs> XP table is just total nonsense. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. it, it is more than twice as expensive as the the magic user. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. You're killing me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just covered uh, first ed Barbarians over in Tribality. Um, <laughs> finally getting back to the history of the classes. If you're listening to this podcast and you've been wondering, is that dude ever going to finish the history of the classes? The answer is maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is one more step has been taken upon the long road. Long and dusty road, yes. my friends. Um, tumbleweeds flowing by every once in a while. So uh, in addition to these four class groups, we told you last time um, about the arcane, divine, and primal spell lists. and those don't line up in any one-to-one kind of way uh, because like, all the mages use, your, use the arcane list, mm-hmm. but also bards and artificers use the arcane list. Um, the cleric and paladin are the only classes that use the divine list right now. The druid and the ranger are the classes that use the primal list. Can't bard use primal as well, maybe? Uh, you can magic secrets your way into primal right. and exactly. divine, but that's only pick two, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yes, but in a very, very limited way. You go in sideways, yeah, yeah, um, and, and that appeals to me after a fashion because it is really specifically something that I did in mm-hmm. um, Talisman Fantasy Adventures when I was designing the minstrel class. So, you know, congratulations to them and me, um, sort of. But as it explains, a class group has no rules in itself, uh, but prerequisites and other rules can refer to these groups. And we're going to see that come up a lot when we get down to um, feats and a a category that's been there's now being treated as normal feats, the epic boons. We'll get to it. Will we get to this episode? Good question. Maybe. 
if you've ever listened to our episodes at all, yeah. you'll know the answer to that is yeah. most yeah. likely no, but we will get to it eventually. Yeah. We we will talk about everything, just maybe not this episode. Sam will be taking bets. and uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently a bookie now. Yep. Um, <laughs> so. So. Um, yeah, the only other thing I really want to hit on this second, well, actually, two more things I want to hit on the second page. Uh, one is uh, we see armor training underlined, and that underline just means, hey, make sure you check this out in the rules glossary. It might mean something different that you're not used to. Um, armor training is their new word for armor proficiency, and it's called that because when wearing armor, you don't add your proficiency bonus to anything. So it's not proficiency, it's training. They're, right. This is an eff- effort to remove multiple meanings from the word proficiency. Right. And, and I'm sympathetic to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, it is kind of destined to create as much confusion or just what now as it as it dispels. Right. Right. Uh, I'm saying, I guess I'm saying confusion is one of the few constants in the universe. Yes. So here's what armor training says for those listening at home. Armor training is the new name for armor proficiency. Any existing rule that involves armor proficiency now applies to armor training. If you wear light, medium, or heavy armor and lack armor training with that type of armor, you have disadvantage on any D20 test that you make that involves strength or dexterity, and you can't cast spells. If you equip a shield and lack armor training with shields, you do not gain the armor class bonus of the shield. So there you go. That's your that's your new glossary entry. There you are. And the other thing I really wanted to hit was the three class highlights. Uh, this is going to show up later, but it uh, introduces us here to the fact that uh, each class's old twentieth level feature has been kicked downstairs to eighteenth level for that class, and you get an epic boon at twentieth level. So the epic boons are. Uh, either very much like or directly identical to, in some cases, um, the epic boons of the 2014 DMG. Uh, they're trying to get those into some actual circulation by placing them at 20th level, a level that famously almost no one reaches. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But one of the big through lines of, uh, of this playtest is trying to make... Uh, tier four play more attainable and you know engaging um, just as a prediction i'm going to say that those uh, changed encounter building rules are going to have a lot to say about tier four like a lot yeah i and and i posit also tier three yeah yeah good odds good odds on big yeah. changes to tier three mm-hmm. um my own long-running homebrew campaign is just now got its first 11th level character. And so uh, some tier three content is now something I can inflict on everyone because one person opened the door. Ha 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 ha. That's what you get. Um, (laughs) And so that brings us to the bard. Uh, Ah, uh, the bard. So primary ability charisma you think mm-hmm. i mean come on no, no surprise there and um the the flavor text here is is pretty familiar but um 
the the 20 level chart of abilities is going to have some pretty unfamiliar stuff and then um it's it's moved around a lot more than anything else and then when we actually get to what some of these abilities mean even where the names are the same things get real weird so stick with me so Uh, we're calling these bardic dice and songs of restoration jack of all trades font of inspiration i mean so font of bardic inspiration is is familiar and still means what it meant before. Right. And that, that's what I'm saying is like some of these things are very, very familiar, but right. but how they integrate in with the class might change ever so slightly. So Right. So uh, so I want to point attention. out yeah. I want to point out that Songs of Restoration has nothing in common with Songs of Re- Song of Rest. Mm-hmm. Um it it stays the same for so many letters and yet has nothing to do with it. Um <laughs> That's English for you. Yep, I, I have to agree. Um, so, is there any any surprises on the prepared spells uh, per spell level table? Yeah, yeah, that first word. <laughs> prepared, yes. Uh huh. <laughs> well, now you know why I asked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a scorcher, folks. So, bards are a prepared spell class, um, but also cantrips are prepared now. Cantrips aren't permanently learned, and uh, bards don't. Uh, have spells known. They, they prepare spells. And that's something they're trying. Um, it's it, it, We see it also in the Rangers, so I have to assume it's going to carry through to All everyone. Yeah. And I mean, we have no way to know from this document what on earth that would mean for wizards. Right? Or sorcerers. Can, or sorcerers. But it, if everyone's a prepared spellcaster, and they prepare from the full list rather than a spellbook limited list, then it's not clear what it means to be a wizard or if they're doing away with the spell chase game. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna jump the gun, but if, if the spell chase game is gone, I might be out. I, well, I love it so much. We don't have um we don't have any any knowledge in this playtest packet about how new spells are going to be learned. Is that correct? Uh, what do you mean by new spells? Well, so if you uh, if you prepare spells from a spell book, how do you get that spell into the spell book? What what's a spell book, please? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the point I'm making is right. that the but, classes that have spells in this packet do not use spell books. Right, but if the so so what we're going to see, uh, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um. So full di- full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to look at the entire packet, so that's why I'm asking because yeah. I really I really am asking is that correct because we don't know just so, from this packet about spell preparation really. So the situation with bards, for example, we can get a pretty good guess from this. Let me set mm-hmm. it there. So the situation with bards is that um, they when they prepare spells at at the end of a long rest, like any other. Prepared class we've ever heard of. Uh, they're choosing from all um, enchantment, illusion, transmutation, and divination. Divination, enchantment, illusion, transmutation. Uh, of from the entire the, list of the levels they can cast. Right. Wow. Uh, okay. And That's a they lot. and they prepare a number based on their number of slots in that level. So, right. for example, once you're fifth level. You're preparing for specific first-level spells 
three specific second level spells mm-hmm. and two specific mm-hmm. third level spells, mm-hmm. but then you can spend however you want. Right? Right. So you can cast both of your third level slots on the same spell. Yeah, yeah. If you prepare four different first level spells, but you want to cast one of them twice, right. you can use to the two slots because you prepared that spell that day. Right. But right. it's it's a much less flexible flexible do whatever you want mm-hmm. spell prep than um the 2014 player's handbook um but a li- a limited list but still expansive because they get four four schools of magic available sure they're they're running you know a really a, several of the smaller schools and then one absolutely enormous school transmutation is vast mm-hmm. um divination quite small uh illusion medium enchantment pretty okay because they were already supporting bards like a lot of those spells were written for bards in the first place so they're there mm-hmm. um and then um uh th- yeah yeah so so divination enchantment illusion you know a uh, small to middling transmutation massive um and just to go ahead and cover the ranger for spellcasting specifically um they have all primal spells except evocation and a much uh lower spell cap spell level right cap. Uh, right much lower spell level cap the, nothing's changed about the highest level spell they get access to they still uh progress mm-hmm. their slots at exactly the same rate right um but because it's important for rangers to get healing and healing was previously a vocation, I'm jumping away ahead in the packet now. Uh, <laughs> all healing spells that are not specifically raising the dead have been refiled from evocation into abjuration. Okay. And that's a really strange school for me. I don't know why it's in abjuration. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't really fit most of the classic definitions of abjuration um yes it's keeping something alive but that's not enough uh but we see a a number of other very strange um school changes just so that bards will keep getting that thing you'll note they don't have evocation so um uh, thunder wave and shatter had to move into transmutation right which i mean thematically is uh quite the stretch my friends quite the stretch um i i yeah i I, so i'm trying to think of these spells and i'm trying to think if they've changed schools so considerably in 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 past edition changes so they absolutely have right going back to third um in third all healing is conjuration mm -hmm. uh, healing sub school right but was it conjuration before uh, before third, because mm-hmm. third put an actual school on everything specifically, and yeah. then what you could cast oh, was yeah, also no. based on um, school, right? So in, in second ed, uh, cure light wounds is necromancy, right? Yeah, because you're dealing with life and death energy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's actually what it is in Pathfinder as well. In Pathfinder, all healing spells are necromancy still. Sure, sure. Well, they're also still reversible. Um, yeah. For mm-hmm. for you know, cause wounds effects over there, I think. Right. Um, and then uh, I don't have the first dead player handbook ready at hand to tell you where the, where it goes in that one. If I had to guess, it's in necromancy, but uh, maybe someone else will. 
jump in with that, Sam. Cure serious wounds, necromancy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So healing is necromancy in first edition as well. Um. Yeah, it's it would be interesting to do kind of a a a through the this would not necessarily be a podcast, but it might be an interesting document to see like through the editions, what spells have been around since, you know, first ed or earlier and what were their schools and if yeah. they, when they changed, what did they change to and kind of look at why that, why that change was made? What did it do for the particular classes for that edition? That's a whole other side project though. So let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me, but it's not, not necessarily something to talk about for the rest of the episode. This is um, so. So in 2014, school sometimes matters deeply. Um, they're trying to make it matter more and in a different way here. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what's that's what's afoot, right? Um, so so right. Um, let's see. the The core of the board, it's it's the eight hit die and so on, is mm-hmm. is unchanged. Um, so I don't want to you know, give that any more time than we have to, but there are some big changes happening when you get to Bardic Inspiration. So in 2014, uh, as every school child knows, uh, Bardic Inspiration <laughs> is a bonus action uh, that you can use to you know, give a die. It, it starts at a um, D6 and goes up from there to one of your, your friends, right? You can't use it on yourself, uh, except some subclass features give you ways to use it for yourself. But mostly you, you have to be generous with this to use it at all. And uh, you give them this die and then they can roll it for various things. Um, and there's, you know, some, some whole timing stuff around, okay, you have to decide to roll it after you see the D20, but before the DM has told you whether that's a pass or a fail, which is very nitpicky and mostly not a good use of uh, like brain processing power. You should just be able to declare it after this has happened. It's fine. So say that again. So to, to boost the D20 test. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm talking about just in 2014. I'm going to come back to how it works in this. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So right. I, that's why I lost the thread. I got. I, yes, I was like, wait, that's not okay. So yes, yeah, in 2014, yeah. you're it's technically right. supposed to not not know whether you actually succeeded or not when right. you decide to use it. But probably you've got a pretty good idea. You, um, you might have a pretty good idea, but maybe not. But, but here's a really cru- really crucial thing about how skills work in 2014. And and there's a whole timing thing um, around you know, declaring uh, or when you declare you're spending the die. It's just that you get into situations where uh, passing and failing are not sufficient descriptions of what's going on, either because you have uh, ranked success. So you get say you get this result if your if your die roll is. 10 or higher, you get mm-hmm. this result if your die roll is 15 or higher, this result if your die roll is 20 or higher, right? right. Uh, right. We see that especially in um, the downtime actions of Xanathar's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big thing there. It can be a thing elsewhere. Uh, adventure writers like to do that kind of thing because, frankly, uh, a lot of DMs actually just do that in their home games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the adventure writers don't remember that it's not 
right. the technical <laughs> official yeah. rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not really sure that even uh, the Watsi official style guide would yell at you too much for it because, again, Xanathar's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the other place you see it are things like um, when you roll a uh, perception check uh, and that's just applied to multiple stealthy creatures in the area who all have different DCs. Like if you mm-hmm. see, if you see Alice, but not Bob, did you succeed or fail? Right. Right. Yep. Um, and, and this is a real thing that, causes weird issues with some subclass rules. Um, I had a player playing a soul knife who's, who wanted to use his, um, his psionic die um, to, to boost his uh, skill check results, but we couldn't agree. And this is not contentious. We aren't mad at each other. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't come to a, a satisfactory answer is what I really mean to say on had he failed or succeeded? Well, right. it was a perception check. He got information, but like, what, could he have gotten more? Yeah, probably. If he rolled a 25, it would have probably come up with something more useful to say, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a fun way to do things. It emphasizes, hey, you did really awesome. Here's a cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that players like it when really high results get really cool uh, effects. Uh, right. You know, if one, if one, if two play, two PCs are doing the same thing and one of them rolls a 15 and one of them rolls a 25 yeah. and you say, okay, here's what you both see. Yeah. It's like, well, so I wasted a 25 on right. the same thing I could have gotten a 15 with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just like human nature, right? Like yeah, I got sure. a higher role. I want to know what else I get extra. And, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, D&D is not built for that. Uh, even, even if DMs do it, it's not really, you know, necessarily well, built in. It's not baked in. Well, it's possible, right. but. Right. And, and you've also got um, your, your, like, if you fail by more than five effects. Now, failure is pretty clear there. It's it's right in the phrasing, but uh, th- that's a place where there's multiple kinds of failure is what I'm trying to get at. Um, so in this, things are changed a bit, and it they're trying to, among other things, get rid of contested skill checks. Contested skill checks are one of the places where um, both sides roll and Success and failure are a little more complicated. Also, in a contested skill check, it is not clear in the written rules what happens if the results tie. So, 5% of the time, eh? which is a problem for, say, perception and stealth. Um, And I keep bringing that up because in the rules glossary, we're going to get to how they're trying to rewrite um, hiding with a new hidden condition and the hide action. Um, so having said all that, let's move into the Bard class features, Bardic Inspiration. Um, so 
they've cut down the number of uses that you get in the early game. Previously, it was your charisma modifier in uses minimum one. Mm-hmm. Now, now it's your proficiency bonus uses. There are some bards in this world, poor benighted souls, who are starting play with a 14 or 15 charisma. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not most of you. Most of you start with a 16, a 17, maybe mm-hmm. an 18. Um, and that's great. That, that's lovely. Um, but that means that this is a net loss of uses for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the font of bardic inspiration thing that makes your uh, uses come back on short rest rather than long rest has been pushed out from fifth to seventh. So that's a large portion of the average D&D campaign where right. it, you have up to three uses per long rest of this thing that uh, certainly in 2014 is very much a core identity feature of of the bard. And as we're going to see when we get to the lore subclass, that's not changing. It's still a core identity right. feature. So the so just for the audience's sake, you know, the, the proficiency bonuses are still the standard plus two, three, four, five, right. six, and you get a plus two until fifth level mm-hmm. where it becomes a plus three. So that means two uses for four levels yep. and then three uses for two levels until you hit level seven where you get font of inspiration. And so you're um, talking about yeah. right font because it's the bar- yep. font mm-hmm. of bardic inspiration. Mm-hmm. You have it so right. yeah, so you're you're talking about six literally six levels where you get three two or three uses of this. Mm-hmm. Is that per day? That that's per that's long rest. Yep. Per long rest. Yeah. So that's um that's stingy y'all. Stingy. Yeah, stingy. Um, so, when, when it's like you said, you know, if this was kind of a um, a, a, a sort of a, a, a side collateral kind of thing that bards right. sometimes have, but this is like the thing in fifth the, edition that the, the bards the, have. This is a core feature. It's a core feature of, of everything that isn't yeah. spellcasting, right? right. Mm-hmm. You're this and a spellcaster, right? Um, so the, the there's a new thing you can do with this also. Uh, so. You can boost a d20 test, which you could do before. Um, that was, you know, you, you see the uh, attack roll result, the ability check, or the saving throw, and you can add the die to that, potentially converting a failure to a success. Right. Great. Now, now the die, uh, before you move on to the next really cool thing that you can do with this, um, the die is the same progression as it is in the 2014 Player's Handbook, correct? It, I think it, so. It's d6 for four levels, d8 for four five levels then when you get 10th level it's a d10 then a 12 at uh 15th is that right, right? uh i think that's the same i could be totally yeah wrong i believe i that. believe that's the same i think it's the same so the die uh, yeah. the yeah, die yeah. increase progression the die step up is the same but right. the number of uses has effectively been really cut down the that's number of uses has been seriously chopped um now eventually you do have six Rather than your your previous ability score cap of five, mm-hmm. but, but that's not until seventeenth level. Yeah, come on now. Um, so, in addition to boosting a d twenty test, you're doing it as a reaction. You, you're activating this ability. You, the bard, are acting 
activating this as a reaction rather than uh, activating as a bonus action. Okay? okay. So you're not making a decision until the rubber meets the road and you can see the D20 result to know your chances of your D whatever flipping it to from a uh, failure to a success. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your other option, also a reaction, is to spend that die for healing. Um, so immediately after another creature within 60 feet of you that you can see or hear takes damage, you can use your reaction to roll the bardic inspiration and restore a number of hit points to the creature equal to the number rolled. So it's a little splash of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's clutch. Right? Uh, so, like sometimes that's, it's great. Sometimes that's, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. But, but you're having to choose between... Um, in some cases, a saving throw right. and mm-hmm. healing. Yeah, that's honestly saving throw is going to be the right answer. Right. Well, um, a lot and of the time, it, most so of the time, it probably will for, be. Yeah. Right. The so right healing answer. is more for incoming weapon attacks right. that are that are targeting AC. So there's no save mm-hmm. involved. Right. Right. Um, and for lower levels where you might need a little pouch of healing here and there, right? Where right at it's the later re- levels, healing is yeah. more available by more classes. So right. Now, uh, the the healer feat from uh, the uh, character origins packet is a great choice for you here, just because mm-hmm. it is going to goose up that healing a little bit, and you got to find something because this is not much healing, right? Um, but yeah, because think about that; it's not much healing when you're at fifteenth level. It's a D twelve. You yeah. might roll a one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like the, you, it, the, the it's healer not, feet it, can do a lot to help you not roll a one. But I'm just saying, like, it's not modified by anything. So even at 11th uh-huh. level, you're rolling a d10. You might roll a two. Uh-huh. And so you've you've used one of your, you know, four at 10th level, four bardic inspiration chances for the day to well, heal no, somebody no, no. two points. By, by 10th, it's per short rest now. Oh, now it's per short rest. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, is that oh, at, is that at seventh font of bardic inspiration? Oh, 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 right. Oh yeah, okay. I had it uh, backwards. I was thinking, yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah, but still, that's okay. But still, short rest, right? You, you're not taking very many of those per day. Oh no, no probably no, absolutely right? Not. So, right. So you're still only you're talking about using one of your precious, you know, yep. few bardic inspirations to heal maybe two points if you don't roll well. Yep. So, like, like let's let's say you were to roll average every time. You're talking about, you know, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, yep. six and yep. a half points of damage at seventeenth level. Mm-hmm. Heckin' right. great, my guy. Yeah, that's that's like I broke my fingernail. Right. Um, right. So, so that that's your first level healing feature. Remember, I just went over all of the uh, spells you have access to. Right. Uh, even if Arcane had healing, it doesn't. Uh, it would be an abjuration, like I said earlier. But it's not because Arcane doesn't have healing. So at first level, that's your whole healing. Right? Mm-hmm. Unless you pick the healer feat, which I, I'm going to continue to recommend. Right. Um, so Yeah, that was a little piece of gold in that packet. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice yeah. one. They, they did uh, put, some, put some real fun into that, yeah. which I appreciate because I really like that kind of thing. Um, so it's a second level that you get a feature called Songs of Restoration that gives you healing word. 
not cure wounds. There's no no flex here, just healing word. So cool. It's permanently uh, prepared. You don't have to spend a, a, a prep slot on it. But uh, healing word is probably not going to be kicked up to the level of cure wounds for healing done. Um, so that's a thing. Um, Songs of Restoration also gets you lesser restoration at fourth level. It noted it's a level behind. Mass healing ward at sixth level, still a level behind. Freedom of movement at eighth level, same. And greater restoration at tenth, still level behind. So this is this is kind of a, a hard shove away from being the party's main healer. I think that's a really strange choice. Um, it makes me wonder what we're, what we're going to get from some of the priest classes. Um, I mean, I, I, my de- uh, <laughs> conjecture. Sure. Um, they're making sure that the bard is uh, strongly in an um, support class category. Uh, yeah, healing is a support function. Right. But well, yes, but um, but uh, it's not your uber main thing, though. So that's, I guess, uh, maybe support class is the wrong way to say this, but um, so, well, so you know. I am I am advancing the argument uh, at, mm-hmm. at this point. I could have said it earlier, but here we are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> advancing the argument that this is a bard class that has had one of the core bard identities of the fourth and fifth edition bards stripped away from it and had nothing put in its place. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a bard that is a competent primary healer. Uh, not until 10th level, which is too late. If you didn't have a primary healer before then, it's too late. Um, now, you can spend your your first level and fourth level feats to get access to cure wounds as a spell one way or another. You can buy a magical adept and you have cure wounds. So great, you're a real healer now. Mm-hmm. But that's explicitly outside of the bard class, right? Like you're going to features that anyone can get access to. So saying that's a way for a bard to be a healer is like saying it's a way for a wizard to be a healer. Mm-hmm. Accurate, not helpful. <laughs> right. Um. So, um, I guess, see, when I was saying, um, like a, like a a support class is the kind of wrong way to say it, but you know, the way I was meaning it was not a main class that is really particularly good at a particular thing. Right. Right. That that is what I call dragging us back to the bad old days. Right. They're, they're not, they're not the best spellcaster. They're not the best healer. They're not the best skill monkey. Yeah. So they are a sort of a tangential non-primary class. And to me, so the, I, I was using what my own terminology there. But, right. I, I was using my own terminology, but it's like the difference between a primary class that if you take it, you know you're good at something and you are really good at that thing versus mm-hmm. you take a class that has kind of multiple things it can do, but it does all of them okay, but none of them really well. Right. That's that's a supporting class that maybe is for a person who really loves role playing and doesn't care so much about mechanics making them the best at something. That's that's an actual war crime. I will take you to Nuremberg for that. I'm crap. just I, I I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying like to me that's what they're doing to this class. I'm saying it's bad. 
I'm yeah. the one who is saying sure, and sure. I and I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that's that's yeah. what I mean when I say support class, right? Because you because you came back with well, healing is a support function. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that. I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah, so I'm just saying they're not a primary class anymore. They're that's, a class that's a secondary class, right? And like 2014 doesn't have a concept of a primary class and a secondary mm-hmm. class. Like n- no one actually sets out to be the second class citizen that's not right. a thing that's right and like in third ed um sort of famously the bard is the best possible fifth member of the party mm-hmm. it right. can't perform any of the uh you know core four functions well enough mm-hmm. to compete right it's right? a sport it's a sport class it, it, <laughs> in my it, in my terminology yes yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's not it, a primary class it's the yeah, best it's, fifth class it's the best fifth class yeah and that's and, what this one is too. And, and this is demoting the bard back to best yeah, fifth class, right? Which and is may, maybe horrible. not even best fifth class, but definitely not right. one of the core four. I right. can all, I only say that because I haven't seen the others, right? So yeah, yeah. we don't know what would actually be the best fifth class yet. And, and you know, maybe we're going to find out over the next several months that uh, every class is taking the nerf bat to the teeth, right? The way this is, in which case and, they're all primaries again, but they all right. are much less uh, efficient and, and, and powerful and exciting yeah. than currently yeah the, I, i'm not i'm not sure why they would do that on purpose um i have my thoughts yeah that's fair i I've, i feel like uh they're trying to reduce the power of magic as the win button uh we'll, we'll see, and, man. and and um and the way and and b- the reason i think they are trying to do that is because they want to make that CR that thing we talked about earlier that the encounter building rules are are not famously not uh, very efficient or they don't make it easy to predict how well it actually went you know or will yeah. go uh, and so to to try to make that tighter you have to reduce the power of casting maybe so maybe so um, so the other feature you pick up at second level is expertise. Um, and you have expertise in two, two of your proficient skills, right? Um, and to help people avoid choice paralysis, they've included two things they think are good, solid, classic choices for every part, uh, performance and persuasion. But you aren't locked into those. They're just, mm-hmm. it's just a thing you could buy if you like this kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and by the way, they also, when the, in the spellcasting area, it suggests to prepare four spells and then it says oh but you could really prepare whatever you want right it says color spray disguise self prestidigitation and vicious mockery right but really it just says oh but you know alternatively you could just prepare what you want from these you know from these yeah. schools <laughs> so uh, it's trying in other words it's trying to sort of backhandedly give you a suggestion of here's how to build a very basic one of these characters yeah um and i appreciate that as a like Aid mm-hmm. to new folks. Here's a, here's a good, yeah. you know, steady use spell that you won't be sorry to have. That's that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I wish they would make it more obvious. Like, uh, not that it's not obvious if you're really reading it, but uh, the way they the way they present it, for example, with the spells, you have the following spells prepared. Uh, well, also, uh, if you scroll down to the prepared bard spell section, I think they get very explicit about it. This section provides recommended spells. Mm-hmm. Well, 
So, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, no. So but, but, but I had to read. I had to, but I had to read four paragraphs to get there. Uh, well, I'm right? sorry. You had to read four paragraphs. Well, no, no, but no, but but look, go go to the top of that section where it says first level spell casting. It says you have the following spells prepared. No, no, no. I, uh, but then it says alternate, alternatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, for, for me, yeah. right? For me, if you want to present a, hey, here is a good example of what a standard bard is going to do. You say, you say it like that. You say, here's an example of what a standard bard might prepare. And just like yeah. down here, they say performance and persuasion are iconic choices for a bard. That's what a standard bard would have proficiency in. Say it like that. Don't say you have the following spells prepared. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's just, it's a, it's a thing, right? Because sure. I, I know that a lot of people will read that and say, oh, I have to have those prepared then. Or, oh, do I get those for free? Because it says they're prepared. Like, you know, and then it's a question. Well, and I, I, I think that this is not going to be final wording in the actual sure, book. I, sure. I think we're, yeah, I get it. But, you know, we're, we're reading it and going, <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm picky about some things and yeah. I appreciate an example, but make it clear. It's an example. Sure. Um, so the next thing I want to really, really hit hard is uh, the Bard subclass part. Now we're going to only see one subclass here for each class. It's fine. We're going to see college of lore. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's lovely. The the core thing to see there's a huge change is that bards now get subclass features at three, six, ten, and fourteen. Mm -hmm. Ten, because mm -hmm. in 2014, um, the, the bard progression has this just huge gap. It's three, six, fourteen, right. which makes bard subclasses much harder to design. Um, it was one of the major problems uh with their effort to create subclasses that more than one class could take that we saw mm -hmm. in an earnest arcana um late last year i guess it was it's been a while yeah yeah um it's it's blocked them from doing some stuff that i think they wanted to do and so i think they're um at minimum yeah. making sure bards get subclass features more steadily mm -hmm. because um You know, there are also classes that do even weirder things, like the rogue, which is three, nine, uh, 13, 17. Excuse you. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's not the done <laughs> thing at all. Um, and that means that for a lot of rogues, if you're playing in, say, Dragon Heist, you get your third level feature and nothing. Um, now, that's true for a lot of subclasses because Dragon Heist is only first to fifth, but. You get my point. Ninth right. is a long yeah. way to wait. Um, anyway, I just wanted to well, really call and, that out. And it's a long way to wait when you're expecting to really be good at what that class does, right? Yeah. And yeah, yet you've sure. got this huge span of six or seven levels between when you got your last kind of class thing that you do that makes you that class and then you wait six levels to get the next thing you do to make you that class like it just feels like a long stretch uh yeah i agree with that so um 
I'm reading Jack of all trades. Uh, so, so, so Jack of all trades is unchanged. This is the completely recognizable thing mm-hmm. from before. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, kicked up from second level. You're waiting a right. lot longer to get this thing. Yep. <clears throat> also, I notice ability check and musical instrument both have underlines uh, uh, under them. So uh, we'll have to look so, at that glossary. So they aren't changed from the previous packet. Okay. Oh, it's um, okay. It's the same. All right. Got it. You're on. You're on good footing with ability checks, except that uh, they got rid of uh, one as auto fail and twenty mm-hmm. as auto pass. Okay. Um, now you get inspiration on a one if the one carries. Mm-hmm. Right. And you get nothing special on a twenty, but hell, you got a twenty, right? Um, yeah. And then with attack rolls, just you know, get this out of the way. Uh, this packet uses the twenty fourteen rules for critical hits. Uh, so PCs okay. can crit, NPCs can crit, mm-hmm. and both weapons and spells. Oh, sorry, weapon spells and unarmed strikes all can crit. Shocking. So. Uh, I believe we predicted that's going to go out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was massively unpopular. <laughs> they are saying in um, in, in, their, in Jeremy Crawford's video with Todd Kenrick that um, they haven't even you know, received the, the surveys at the time they, they made this document. And that's correct, mm-hmm. right? The survey was open until the 26th. This packet dropped on the, 9th, the 29th. Folks, yeah. they were not responding to that survey. On the other hand... Uh, the backlash nope. was was swift and loud. Yeah, the, the backlash uh, was uh, a, a thunderous wave, yeah. uh, which is actually transmutation now. Uh, no, sorry, that's sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Jack of all trades, like I said, has been kicked up from second, um, and then Font of Bardic Inspiration. I've talked about a bunch. Uh, I didn't talk about the other thing it does. So. In addition to uh, letting you reset Bardic Inspiration on short as well as long, it also lets you uh, re-roll once. On oh, your I see. That's on die. the next page. They yeah. hit it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> nice. They, yeah. The, the layout yeah. didn't do them a ton yeah, yeah. of favors here, yeah, sorry. but it's two paragraphs. Yeah. They had to break it somewhere. Um, but that's actually the solution to the, I rolled the one on my D12. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool, one hit point at 15th level. Heckin' sweet. Well, you could still roll that one, but you're now you're rolling snake eyes on D12s, which is less likely. So one in 144 shot. So, you know, what can you get? Um, so <laughs> uh, ninth levels, at ninth level, you get two more expertise slots. You're running around with double proficiency in four skills, which is a bunch that's a bunch y'all mm-hmm. um and as we're going to see it's also possible to buy more expertise with feats so that that may or may not be a thing you care to do as a bard but you can um and then um 11th level and again at 15th level you get a feature called magical secrets at 15th level is called further magical secrets because it's technically sort of different but <laughs> let me let me actually get to this so uh, you choose one of the three spell lists, Arcane, Divine, Primal, um, and you can uh, prepare two more spells from that list, from anywhere on that list, uh, no restrictions. So you could choose Divine, right? 
And then you can pick any two spells from the divine list. And that's, again, preparing. You're doing it every time you uh, finish a long rest. Um, and it's it's from any school of magic, so you're not even... Well, so your, your two slots you get at 11th level are locked to one school. Right, right, but it, but and it's then any again, school, so it, it 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 could be one of the not not one of the four that the bard is supposed yes, correct. to be choosing uh-huh. from previously. Uh-huh. Right. So so this is a way that you can grab fireball mm-hmm. if right. that's your deal, uh, or you can uh, pick up divine or primal for I don't know cure wounds and uh, revivify. It's just that you're not really waiting till tenth level to be the party's main healer. That's not how that works. Right. Oh, sorry, eleventh level to be the party's main healer, because they needed maybe someone who could do that stuff at lower levels. So I object on that on that line of reasoning. I think that they just held back on this too long. Um, if this feature showed up at around seventh, at least you get uh, re- revivify. Easy for me to say. Um, <laughs> somewhere close to. When a uh, and please hear the scare quotes here, real main healer uh, was getting that spell. <laughs> you mean when a non-support class would uh, get it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Using my parlance of what support means. Yeah. Yes. Um. But uh, you get to choose two different spell lists and grab two spells off them. Uh, first eleventh and fifteenth. So that's really nice to have, but. It is a long time to wait for something that is addressing a critical gap in your play style. It is, that is not functional. Right. I mean, think about it like this, like it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, right? 11th level, 15th level, but honestly, well, I've, I've only played two campaigns of 5e that have gone above 10th level. Right. And one of them I had to jump the characters a couple levels to get up because I was had to get them up to a much higher level. So it's not even like we experienced level twelve and thirteen because I skipped them from eleven to fourteen at one point or something like that. So sure. you know, I, I'm just pointing out that, you know, I'm not I'm you know telling on myself a little bit, but you get the idea what I'm saying that yeah. it's very rare for any group to consistently get up to 15th and i mean i play all the time i mean like i play a lot of games right yeah and and i'm not getting consistently up to 15th level so you know uh so i I mean I, i agree with you that's the trend line right and if you were to look at their uh official content right so tyranny of dragons goes to 15th and um dungeon the mad mage goes to 20th uh you're not going to find a lot else that goes past 12th so you're getting this right at the end of the campaign Mm -hmm. yep that that's a real feels bad moment Mm -hmm. for something that is finally qualifying you for for the play style you wanted don't do that yeah um and i don't know why they've made that choice here other than i guess they want bards to be bad um, 
like, I, wouldn't it be great if I were kidding? <laughs> no, uh, I know. I know. Again, support class. They're they're yeah. putting it in yeah, in the definite you know second class citizen category. Um, so then, at eighteenth level, uh, superior robotic inspiration has been uh, dropped down from twentieth, and also its uh, its effect is increased. Uh, you don't have to be out of bardic inspiration, and you recover two rather than one. So mm-hmm. your your supply problems are finally fixed at 18th when, level. When you roll initiative. <laughs> when you roll initiative. Yeah. Right? So you could be recovering a lot in a day. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, your 18th level. Like, right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. How, um, how, how many fights per day are you getting into at 18th level? Just as a... I mean, you, know. you could probably handle a lot if that's your group's thing, but I don't think that 18th level play works that way for most groups very often. Right, exactly my point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then at 20th level, your epic boon, uh, your your default, I don't feel like choosing one, is the uh, epic boon of luck feat. Mm-hmm. Um, epic! Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can choose whichever one you want that you qualify for. Uh, noting that you are an expert, um, and that's going to matter for the Arberg feats, especially. You're actually required by federal law to say it that way. I just want everyone to know that. Um, so that's that's the core of our bard here. Um, I'm going to lo- launch into the lore bard in a second, but I mean this is toned down on a lot of fronts. Um, it is really really helpful that magical secrets are things you can um, re-prepare so you're not locking in those choices forever. The design of the 2014 magical secrets is deeply unforgiving. Um, if you choose to respend them, you can't pick a spell that's outside Bard anymore per uh, Sage Advice. That's a bad call. You should be picking on the same criteria as you always had in the feature, but that's that was Sage Advice's call, mm-hmm. and that's clearly rejected here. Um, you just are picking one of the three lists to have this wild card pick from, um, and there's good arguments to be made for all three of them. Um, and you know, if you're really committed to wanting to play a healer, you can go primal with one and divine with the other, and you're going to get all the healing one way or another from that. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, I'm going to gloss over the prepared bard spells. Again, it's a, it's a suggestion list designed to make life easy um, rather than a rule qua rule. Yeah. Um, now, I like the way this is presented. Mm-hmm. It immediately says this is a recommended spell list. Right. I love and, that. Perfect. Yeah. And I think that just... Any confusion in the earlier text is much clearer here. Sure. Um, well, and I'm sure that in in a finished book that they publish, it will be more clear than what it was earlier. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'm a picky old man, Brandis. Uh, yeah, Sometimes uh, there's some stuff that I'm just like, ah. That's, that's fine, dude. I'll get off your lawn. Stop hitting me with your cane, old man. Yeah, something like that. Hey, look, everybody, an old man's talking. Um, <laughs> as a teacher, to get back to the actual topic at hand here, yeah. as a teacher, if you put two sentences next to each other and and one of them is a suggestion and one of them is the real rule, like that's confusing to people. Sure, that's fair. 
And so I, that's why it kind of strikes me as, oh, I wish that was clearer. Sure, sure. You know, so that's the only thing. That's I, I absolutely believe you've had plenty of time to critique bad textbooks. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Bard subclasses. <laughs> so, so we have the College of Lore here. Um, obviously, it's one of the the you know, core Bard subclasses from the Player's Handbook, right? In 2014, mm -hmm. yep. and so it's going to be very familiar. Um, it's one of only two that made it into the 2014 book, um, and uh, the the flavor text is unchanged, um, but the the function is uh, is a bit changed, right? So bonus proficiencies, no change. That, that's mm -hmm. proficiency in three more skills. Lovely, everyone wants that. Yeah. That's great. Um, now, worth so noting that that's just the skilled feat. You're functionally getting a bonus feat, mm -hmm. except that it doesn't count as that feat. So you can buy it again if you're just committed to proficiency in everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this has two third level. Yeah, and, and and so does the 2014, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying uh, to make the point, you get both of them. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. a it's not a pick one because because in the um in the third level bard subclass. Uh, it's it. It uses features. It uses plural. Yep. Um, but then at sixth, it's not plural. So it, they're pretty specific. But yeah. So at third, you get both. Sixth, yep. there's only one. So they use not plural because there's only one to get. So anyway, sorry. Just making sure that things matched in my brain. <laughs> yep. So um, the other four features of this class rely on spending bardic inspiration. Cutting words, cutting inspiration, improved cutting words, and peerless skill all uh, do something with your bardic inspiration and nothing without it, right? So I was talking about you have this really tight budget and your subclass depends on it. This is what I mean. Yeah. So cutting words uh, is a, a, a debuff, right? Uh, when a creature you can see within 60 feet of you succeeds on an ability check or attack roll, you can penalize the roll with a bardic inspiration die. Mm -hmm. um, this is, you know, kind of cognate to a bonus to a saving throw, right? Right. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's foiling your enemies and, and creating failure. You're distracting um, them with your bravado right. and and you know vocal challenges. Right, and it's and very cutting, it's very thematic. Right, and cutting words is essentially unchanged. Mm -hmm. That's that was there before. Yep. Uh, in 2014, the sixth level feature is additional magical secrets because you're the College of Lore. You get more secret spells. Right. Well, they didn't do that here, um, and maybe that's mm -hmm. a shame. Uh, what you get instead is cunning inspiration, um, which lets someone who receives one of your bardic inspiration dice roll twice, and keep the better result. Mm -hmm. That's nice to have. Um, a lot of the time, you're not even going to bother to spend the reaction if you aren't pretty sure they were one or maybe at most two mm -hmm. away from right. success. Yep. So uh, we'll see how much that mm -hmm. even helps. Right. Um, I, I My guess is mm, less than it needs to for the position it holds in the subclass sure um, 
So six tell- level six level is a long time to wait for that. Uh, I do sort of feel so, yeah. yeah. Um, so tenth level improved cutting words. Uh, we're talking about some completely new stuff. There was no tenth level feature in the lower class before, lower subclass before. Um, this is a splash of psychic damage when you use cutting words, the debuff thing, on an enemy. It is psychic damage equal to the bardic inspiration die plus your charisma modifier. So, you know, that's that's by 10th level, we're talking about um, what die size? Sorry. Um, D10. Uh, so, so D10 plus four or five. Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of right. a nice solid weapon hit mm-hmm. with psychic damage. And you know? you're also, it's accompanying the re- the original cutting words. So you're exactly. also subtracting a number from their roll. So, so that's quite, it's a nice little combo. That's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I yeah. like it. The, uh, you know, you may not be dropping enemies with it, but mm-hmm. you're, you're right. seeing tangible progress on mm-hmm. in that fight. Right. In addition to foiling their plan, there's nothing not to like about that in my book. Mm-hmm. That's that's real solid. Um, right. The worst I can say is that at tenth level, it might feel like just a splash. But yeah. try to remember that it's a standard weapon swing, right? D ten plus about four or five for, for a support class. Just a splash is what you get. <laughs> oh burn! <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just I I'm I'm just saying. Right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so funny that fifteenth level. Did you know that Bard spelled backwards is Nerf? No, sorry. Um, oh, anyway, ouch. <laughs> so level 14. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it's Sam with the cutting words tonight, kids. <laughs> Did that do some psychic damage? Uh, the, the Not to direct. you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, J. Craw has a nosebleed. Yeah. Doesn't know ouch. Why. <laughs> um, so, so 14th level, you get peerless skill. Um, and peerless skill lets you spend bardic inspiration dice on yourself. Which is unchanged, mm-hmm. right? That, that's yeah. that's what it was before, uh, except that you're spending your, it, well, you, you spending your reaction is uh, new. You didn't actually have to spend your reaction at all before. You just mm-hmm. it was just part of your your role. Uh, well, here are you. Oh yeah, because spending using a bardic inspiration is a reaction on its face, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Is it? Let me run back here and make sure because. Um, that's a really good really good point um where'd it go uh oh it must be up here um yeah, oh, boosted, okay so boosted 20 yeah. test is a reaction it's a reaction right so, so you using bardic inspiration yeah not as a heal is a reaction so all oh, of actually, these oh geez no that's a really good that's a really good question yeah. because you only expend one use of bardic inspiration mm-hmm you're, you're, you you may be spending out of the pool, but not spending your reaction. Unclear. I missed well, that so, before. Well, hold on. So actually in the heal, it says you're using it as a reaction as well. So uh-huh. Bard, but, so Bardic but, Inspiration but, is always a reaction uh, on this. But Okay. So there's a difference between using the Bardic Inspiration ability mm-hmm. and expending a use of the Bardic Inspiration ability. Maybe. Right? Are you spending out of the pool because it's a currency or are you using the feature qua feature? Um, let's see how this is worded down here. Um, now, I don't think this is a deal breaker either way. I want to be clear. So right? cutting words forces you to use it as a reaction. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so that's clarifying your, your action economy. Right. Right. And then. Um, so so if, it, if they need to say you can use your reaction to expend. Right. right? That, that's yeah. that's more similar language. Use your reaction to expend mm-hmm. there. This just says you can expend. So I'm going to argue yeah, that fearless pure, skill pure doesn't skill, use a reaction. Yeah. Doesn't mm. use reaction. Okay, I, I I don't disagree with that. I think that's fine. Uh, it's not a deal breaker. You're, but you're way. right. But you're but you're at 14th level before you get to do that. Every every right. other use of it is as a reaction for sure, including the cheap healing you get at first level. Like here's here's my actual issue with this. I I don't actually mind these 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 powers right these abilities they're they're okay like i do like the the sort of one two punch of the improved cutting words that's kind of nice i right? think that's even, nice yeah even if it's just a splash but here's the thing when you start having a uh a a, a resource that is so limited you know what players do they hoard their resources accurate um so, also also nice to point out that for improved cutting words the reroll of cunning inspiration does apply because you are any creature. So, so when you use improved cutting words, it triggers cunning inspiration because the trigger for cunning inspiration is when any creature rolls your bardic inspiration die. Right. The the bard is any creature. So, uh, you do get to roll the damage die. For right, to get the highest, right? You get the high. You get the yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you're so like nice uh, giving, you're giving your damage dice advantage, right? Um, but yeah, no, that's nice. And again, I like these three. I like the way these three intertwine with each other, right? Right. The the third, sixth, and tenth level uh-huh. abilities. But again, hmm. when you have a resource and it is now very much limited especially compared to what it wasn't as limited previously and other things in the class, other abilities and strengths and whatnot are even harder to come by. Everybody's going to hoard this. People are going to hoard these. It's a real danger. They they just are. It's a danger of this. And, And when it's, when it's such a long span between getting these different abilities and when there's such a short supply of this resource, I'm telling you, they're going to wait until it's just the right time to use it, and that means hoarding, and that means it's not going to be used as much as maybe they're envisioning as they write this, right? Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, I would think it's pretty much fine to um, make the, the base supply of Bardic Inspiration something like Proficiency Bonus plus two. Right. I, I think that is nice yeah. and safe yeah. and gets you... Mm-hmm into this feels pretty good when when you need to get there right. you know yeah uh, we've said still, a bunch of still before. limited in some way but not so oh. short supply that you're, yeah yeah for sure you know well we, we've said before uh, on this show i believe and i've said before on twitter more times than i care to count if if your gameplay loop isn't clicking by third your subclass is broken you're not fixing it at six right. that's not how that works mm-hmm. right um yeah, if you if you're fixing it at sixth, it's too late. You didn't get your you didn't get your subclass till sixth. Yep, that's right? about right. You spent six levels without a subclass. Oh, five. Well, f- yeah, five. Still, yeah. it, uh, uh, that's just not the way it's supposed yeah. to be. No, 
Uh, no, because you know, remember they the, they did that training wheels thing, right? Where they get from first to second levels mm-hmm. very quick, from second to third levels very quick. Third levels when you really start to be the class. That's why you pick your subclass there. So if you're really not getting your subclass until sixth, you're three levels behind everybody now. Yep. Um. So that brings us to the end of Bard. I think that we're going to stop because we need to wait until next time to really take a deep dive into the Ranger. So with that, I will say thank you, Brandis. And where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandis Stoddard. I write for tribality.com where I've written my breakdown of this very document, a tidy 10,000 words. Tiny, Uh, a tiny Tiny, tidy, uh, 10,000. Meager. <laughs> meager. meager. <Yes. laughs> Brevity is the soul of wit. Tedious Me- <laughs> is, is outward limbs and flourishes. Therefore, I shall be brief. The post um, is resplendent with beautiful thoughts and glorious words. Uh, moreover, friends, uh, <laughs> I write for uh, brandastoddard.com. That's my personal blog. And I have a Patreon that is brandastoddard. How about you, Sam? I can be found on RPGmusings.com. You can also find me on Twitter if you just uh, on Twitter if you search for DM Samuel on Twitter, just like always. And if you go to YouTube, you can actually find me if you just search for RPG Musings, and you'll see my little circle icon dragon thing eating a Christmas tree thing. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Stay tuned next time, and you'll hear about the Ranger and the Rogue. <laughs>